I forget how we used to start these. Welcome back to the Raising Helmets <laughs> podcast. I'm Kyle. And I'm Carrie. And it's been a while. Yeah, apologies to our fans. We didn't know exactly how the coronavirus transmitted. We wanted to avoid unnecessary risks. Right. It As of right now, we cannot prove that there is no podcast transmission, so... Fortunately, Listen Roman... at your own risk. We assume no liabilities for any coronavirus <laughs> you may contract by listening to this. Roman Mars is still alive, so we're at least hopeful, hopeful that the podcasts cannot spread coronavirus. <clears throat> yeah, it, that would be a devastating loss to the podcasting community for sure. Um, <laughs> we've tweeted with him like, what, one time? <laughs> it was a good once. He's the guy who introduced me to the through podcasts, obviously, the 10,000-year um, uh, message. Yeah, yeah, about the uh, radioactive um, material that we need to warn future uh, post-apocalyptic generations from messing around with. That's a story for another time, though. Mm-hmm. We're here to talk about the past several months, not the next 10,000 years. Yeah, because we want to we wanna use this podcast as a way to keep track of what's been going on in our lives and it's been a lot buckle up we mostly have stories about the kids that's what we want to remember and we know that's what you guys want to hear that is true we last podcasted in january taking a look at the previous months of um 2019 and talking about what happened and how the kids changed and then you, you know, you would have thought that in quarantine would have, we'd have yeah. podcasted more, but we found other ways to busy ourselves, I guess, that we'll talk about. Um, and so we wanted to try to catch up on the past seven months that we've missed. So we should just dive right in. I guess um, so. What happened in January? January was a perfectly normal month in which nothing out of the ordinary happened. <laughs> um, the good place ended. Mm-hmm. That, that was... That was a rocky road in which they revealed that the Getty is the good place all along. Yeah, the ending was depressing, but it was always going to be. They were really good at setting up premises and then not quite so good at following up on them in a satisfying way. Um, And case in point, the Getty Museum being the best place they could think of. (laughs) That, That was so amazing. As any Californian watching that show just has a totally different experience. They're like, uh, yeah. that close to the 405? Yep. Like, really? <laughs> um, and also, uh, it's insane to think that this was this year, but the arcade by our apartment opened up in mm. January. And then, yeah. Yep. Well, spoilers. <laughs> yeah. For, for a glorious two months, there was an arcade within a five-minute walk. Of our apartment, if barely that, like a three-minute walk. It was closer. Yeah. It was closer than the Aldi that we always talk about. Um, we literally from the apartment complex parking lot straight into the parking lot for this place, and it was fantastic. I yeah, I had high hopes, and it, it met all of them. I didn't spend a lot of time in arcades as a kid, although I did remember playing air hockey with my dad a couple times, maybe. Um, and it was really fun. We went on some date nights there. A friend had his birthday party there, which was awesome. And that was played, great. Played laser tag and <clears throat> stuff. And they were super nice to the kids. Like there were there mm-hmm. were only like a couple arcades that were games that were good for kids. Um, but the boys loved them. Like there was one where you could like actually shoot water at a screen. Mm-hmm. You had like an actual water gun, which still affects. Like Rory still talks about that. Yeah, they really had a good time. 
And um, we were really excited because there hadn't really been any cool... In fact, I think we maybe have talked about on the podcast before maybe looking forward to this place opening, but... Yeah, this apartment had, this apartment had like, all kinds of stuff close by, but it did not have a place where you could just go hang out. Yeah. And so that was, that was absolutely huge. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It was, that was a good, good part of January. The only note, or I have a couple notes, I guess, but... um. One thing I wrote down about January was that Rory had drawn me a couple of times, Hmm. which he only has done, I think, three times, and I've saved them all very carefully. The first time he drew a a head with two legs and then two giant things sticking out of the legs that were my knees. Yeah. (laughs) Which I thought was really sweet because, of course, when you're, like, two feet tall, the most important feature of your parents are their knees. And um, the time after that, he drew a little bit more of a head and torso shape with two feet. But then under the head, there were these giant circles. And he said it was my nose. And I realized that when he looks up at me, he mostly sees nostrils. And so he made sure to feature those. Yeah, th- th- those pictures were absolutely wild. To yeah. See. And, and to like not have any idea why he's drawing that way. And I think that's, I, you're really good at picking up on that understanding why kids are doing stuff like that yeah I always ask like hey tell me about what you're what you're drawing and then I write down their exact words and he's gotten to where he'll tell me where he wants me to write things and sometimes he wants me to label different parts of his picture with arrows but that open-endedness is really key just saying hey tell me about what's going on not like oh what's this and what's that or yeah He's drawn our whole family one time, and it was really precious. Um, and you and the boys all had features, but I didn't. My body was kind of like all scribbled in. And Rory explained it was because I had my head turned, and I was looking at like a bee beehive or a bird nest or something that he had drawn. So there's this cute dad, Rory Joey, all with little eyes and mouths. And... I just can't, I know it's because it's my kid, but I cannot get enough of the sort of melancholy little facial expressions he gives the people he draws, but I didn't get one. I have hair that looks like I've been electrocuted and then (laughs) my whole face is just a scribble, but that's because I'm not facing forward. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Do you have any other January notes? Nope. I've Uh, got a couple more. Oh, okay. Um, Another one was Rory getting really good at imitating us. And the example I have um, written down is he picked up a toy phone and he goes, Hey, yeah, I'm just checking on you. What? Yeah, I said I'm just checking on you. (laughs) What? You can't understand me. Yeah. Okay, bye. Yeah. (laughs) He did did a lot of those phone conversations. Sort of all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Um, He still does that sometimes, but... That that it was always shocking to be like, oh yeah, okay, you are yeah. you are listening to every single word I say. Um, he also, lest we forget, did extensive um, imitation or imaginative play of being a cat named Bucky, right? Who is orange, um, and f- starting I think like in December, and carrying on like well into March I think. Mm-hmm. Um, this was his primary mode of communication most days. Yeah, definitely his go-to kind of imaginative play was being a cat, and the cat would hide, or the cat would 
try to get attention from the mama cat or the cat would um, be looking for something to play with or the, or um, he'd be kind of acting out like maybe playing roughly with toys and and when we try to remind him the right way to use his toys he'd be like well Bucky is feeling too crazy right now or something like that like he was definitely channeling some feelings through this this figure of this cat kind of like an imaginary friend almost but he was she was yeah the cat <clears throat> yeah and it it was it was fascinating to watch um, because he had a lot of um, like emotional competence to be able to communicate what this cat was feeling. Yeah, he spoke largely in the third person. Even even as he was sort of regressing at times into mm-hmm. less emotionally competent behavior, uh, which definitely appeared to be to some extent a reaction to Joseph getting so much attention for such low level of mm-hmm. communication. It's really interesting how Bucky was a way of work of like processing what he observed about Joseph because um, eventually he realized that it was difficult to have to sort of act as a third party narrator to explain to us what Bucky needed or wanted or how Bucky was feeling um, in the third third person, like I said, and so he started telling us that Bucky the kitty cat was learning to speak English. And this was mirroring Joseph learning to speak as well. So as Joseph was able to use one word at a time, Bucky the cat began to be able to use one word at a time. And as Joseph began to be able to string together a couple of nouns into a phrase or a sentence or a demand of some kind, Bucky the kitty cat could also do that. So now Bucky, not only does Bucky speak English, he's working on uh, learning something called kitty Spanish. (laughs) And it's a little unclear what that is, but it's been, it's been very impressive to see Bucky um, become sort of humanized. <laughs> right. Uh, just to continue that thread along, I, I think at some point he sort of, he eventually started thinking it would be interesting to play as other animals. Mm-hmm. And so he started doing several other animals and that sort of broke him out of the always being the cat. And that he was seemed healthy. Yeah. More of a kid. And then at some point he switched to like imaginary Imaginary friends, but mostly like imaginary pets. Well, he's always still playing the character himself. I mean, not necessarily. Like, oftentimes, so like Bucky is always a character that he plays, but he mm-hmm. also like has like seven dogs. Oh, that's true. He has pretended that before. Yeah. After Bucky, there was... Oh, yeah. He does that more with me than you. I, I have definitely noticed that. Oh, that's yeah. funny. He He rarely pretends... To have an imaginary companion of some kind around me. He always wants me to be the one interacting with him pretending to be an animal. Yeah, that's definitely a difference that I've noticed. Yeah. Um, And then to continue that thread along the lines, what, maybe a couple months ago, Joseph started to do the same thing that Rory was doing, and Mm -hmm. he now pretends to be a cat. Named Bucky. He'll insist that his name is Bucky, although Rory has said that Joseph's cat name is (laughs) Jackifer. Which is a name Rory invented some combination of Jack and Christopher, I guess. Jackifer. Yep. Um, but Joseph does, definitely does it. He, yeah. he does it because he's imitating, imitating Rory. Yeah. Um, and he, he's very good at it, which is it's impressive to see how well he can imitate what he has seen Rory do. Yeah. But he's definitely not doing it because he's pretending to be a character. He's doing it because he's imitating somebody else. Right, which, which has made this funny kind of chain where... Rory as Bucky, what 
pretended to speak in imitation of Joseph. And now Joseph is imitating Bucky, pretending to speak, pretending <laughs> to be Joseph. Right. <laughs> so Joseph is very good at talking now. But when he's pretending to be Bucky, he can tell that, like, Bucky talks differently than he himself can. And so he kind of regresses in his behavior and in his language, which is interesting. And as as two oldest children watching a not oldest child, I think mm-hmm. it's totally different. Yeah. You are not raising the same species of person. You're raising an oldest and a not oldest. Mm-hmm. And they're just so... Like you cannot, you cannot put yourself in the headspace of a second oldest, a second child in the same way as an oldest child. Yeah, it 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 is interesting how, you know, we grew up with siblings having this totally different life experience than we were having, and now we're watching our kid go through it. Um, and in some ways we just can't relate, but it's a little bit easier, I think, to get a peek into what life is like for him, mm-hmm. um, just because we're observing him so closely. Oh, definitely. Um, Rory's continuing to expand his sort of menagerie. Like when he was Bucky, he introduced just a couple of other animals at first. There was the naked mole rat named Sunny, mm. and there was a baby zebra named Push. And now, lately, um, he likes to be a goose, and he likes to be an owl, and he likes to be. Um, what's another one? He's been all kinds of things. A worm. He really likes worm. Yeah. He's got funny sound effects, too, for each animal that don't necessarily correlate to what that animal really makes as a sound. But you can see, like, worms go skirky, 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 skirky. Did you have more for January? Um, no, I just wanted to note that around this time, our family had some kind of cold that was going around. And I told everybody that we had the coronavirus because I thought it was funny at the time because we were just sort of hearing about... You did. You said that in January? Yeah, it was in January or February. I think it must have been like mid-February. Well, whenever we knew that there was this virus that came out of China yeah. and that people were starting to accuse Asian people of being carriers... That's when I was doing it because I thought it was funny to go around saying that our like very boring white suburban f- family, I guess we weren't technically suburban, but that we yeah. had somehow contracted the coronavirus. Oh, back before it was something that like people actually got here? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So before <laughs> March, before lockdown and everything, yeah. I think back in January is when I was saying it and everyone would be like, wait, what? No, I'm totally kidding. That's you know fake yeah. news. <laughs> yeah, there there was definitely a period of time where nobody took it seriously, and everybody talked in ways that would be unacceptable now. Mm-hmm. The, the month, like the month of February, that's what was going on. Yeah. Um, and I I've like gone back and listened to podcasts from February and like very mm-hmm. early March, and just the tone that people are using it shifts so quickly from this is not a thing we talk about at all. To, this is a thing that like we joke about mm-hmm. or like we're like man this really sucks in China I hope they're doing okay and then there was like this one week where everybody was like oh crap like this is going to be bad yeah potentially but we don't know at all what it'll look like and then that's when it, everybody starts to understand what's going on same thing everyone <clears throat> went through back in 2016 when at first we were reassured that like Trump definitely no- didn't have a chance I'm not saying that okay. <laughs> all right. you know what I'll just I'll just leave that yep 
as sure. an exercise for the reader. <laughs> okay. Um, February had a, speaking of of um, speaking of February. February had Joseph's surgery. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. The first the first surgery. Um. Yes, on February twenty seventh, Joseph had the first of what would be two procedures to um clear a blocked tear duct. Actually, it wasn't technically blocked. Right. There's this membrane that's supposed to pop on its own, and it didn't for him, and so he had constantly goofy eyes in both eyes. And on on the 27th, he went in for a procedure where they put the kid under a general anesthetic and um, and thread little wires through their tear ducts to, um, to pop the membranes. And it went very well that time. Um and I was able to be with him until they put him under, and then they brought him, they brought me back to him shortly after he woke up. And the nurse reported that as he was kind of coming to, she was like, Hey, buddy, do you want some juice? And he said, Yeah. And I'd forgotten that he used to say that, Yeah. And she said, Would you like your mom? And he said, Yeah. <laughs> and she was tickled that he was talking so well, even though he was, I guess, just 18 months old at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, that procedure didn't take in both eyes, and he had to go back in to get the sec- the procedure done again on one of his eyes. And that was in March, I think. Yeah, that, that was more tricky, because like Rory and I had to stay home, and you had to, mm-hmm. you had to go in and... and do that just with him oh that was may he didn't have it until the end of may yeah i thought it was later yeah i'm surprised by how recent that was right well he would have probably gotten it much faster oh, much sooner. yeah he probably we would have been like oh his eye um needs the surgery the procedure done again let's get him back in but like the hospital was closed and nobody really knew whether we could go back to doctors or anything yeah. And so now, and we're really skipping around here, but now Joseph is the only one of us who's had the test, coronavirus test. Oh, yeah. He did get the the COVID test before his second um, procedure, and that one went really well, too. Um, I was able to be with him as he was coming up, and he suffered no ill effects. Basically, by afternoon, you can never, you, neither time could you have told that he'd been under just that morning. Thankfully, his eyes are totally cleared up now, and that chapter of his life is behind him. What else happened in February? Um, oh, yeah. In, in early February, Rory came up to me and goes, wait, where did all the Halloween candy go? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. Um. <laughs> it'd, been gone, it'd been gone for months and months. Right, we weren't we weren't like holding on to any yeah. of it. Like it, it was gone in November. It was just a concept that was in his mm-hmm. brain that slept there, and then it's like, wait a second. Yeah. He also he also declared um, that he was responsible for all the Reese's candy because he noticed that Reese's also started with R. Oh yeah. So he he had a right to it. This is another area where he's kind of working out. Um, not being a baby and watching somebody else get to be the baby because. Last year, Joseph was Winnie the Pooh just because I found a perfectly sized Winnie the Pooh costume. And Rory was Christopher Robin to go with it. And this year, Rory has said multiple times that he's going to be 
Chris uh, that he's going to be Winnie the Pooh for Halloween this year. And he, we made Joseph, skipping around again, Joseph just turned two, and we made him a paw print-shaped cake like from Blue's Clues. And Rory wants that same cake. So he's kind of, usually I think of it as like the younger kid wanting to do all the things the older kid does. But Joseph is really wanting to revisit the experiences Joey's getting as right, a baby. Rory wants to what did I say? You said Joseph. Oh, yeah. yeah. Rory wants to revisit the baby kind of experiences Joey has. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, in February, we sort of had to break it to him that it was going to be a long time before we got the Halloween candy again. And little did we know, right. <laughs> Halloween is totally canceled this year. We'll still buy candy, though. Yeah. Maybe we'll hide it around the house. I don't know. I mean, uh, everybody's wearing masks. You put some gloves on. I'll sanitize your candy. Well, I've heard some cities are just straight up being like no trick or treating. Yeah, calling it now. That's impressive. Got to get that out of the way. I feel like if everyone put out like a card table with a bowl of candy on it, it'd be like, oh no. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll probably just have um, we get a bunch of candy, maybe have a small group over. Oh, that'd be fun. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Here's just a fun quote that I wanted to write down. I said to Kyle something like, ah, oh, Joey shoved his cheese into this crevice in his high chair. And Kyle replied sort of sarcastically, oh, amazing. And Rory goes, Daddy, it's not amazing. It's horrible, Daddy. <laughs> yeah, he, he he was starting to get sassy. And to put other stuff in perspective later, like Joey in February was really only saying like one word responses. Yeah. I, that was when he like started calling for me in the morning instead of just crying. Yeah. So he was starting to use words, but really just starting to use a word at a time. Mm-hmm. Another one I wrote down from Rory um, is he came up and kind of told me this little parable. And I wrote it down verbatim because it was so um, odd. He said, the first man said, there are gutters in the where. The second man said, wow, grown up dogs are really impressive. The third man said, I have some singing garlic. It has lumps in it. <laughs> wow. That was it. <laughs> that was back in like February? That was in February. Dang. February 22nd. And then a few days later, he actually clarified that um, a wear is a device worn by dinosaurs on their heads in which they store their cutters, which are knives used to cut dinosaur meat or their hair. <laughs> I wrote this down because it was all so cryptic to me. <laughs> That's crazy. I would I would say I would say that the only way that Rory's language has really changed, like it's become more mm-hmm. advanced, but the way it's fundamentally changed is that it's based less on um less on something else that you can recognize. Like that was clearly based on like a, another song. Um it's has, it feels more like independent thought. I would I would say the same thing that it that at the beginning of the year, it was more an imitation of us or of other sort of entertainment or content that he'd been exposed to. And now he's really analytical and he says a lot of um, his own things and he takes inspiration. Like he still loves Phineas and Ferb, but he, he can come up with his own storylines and ideas about the characters and he can absorb a book or a a video or something like that and then ask really thoughtful questions and connect to other experiences in his life which is incredible um the other day we were kind of we were going for a walk 
and I can't remember how it came up, but he he said something about being a dad someday. And I said, you're going to be a really great dad someday. And he said, yeah. And he said he wanted to play the board game Ticket to Ride with his kids. Um, and they, they could teach him how to play. But they were going to start out being babies who didn't know how to play. And I had this weird feeling that it was the first time I was talking to who he is as a person and not not some kind of conversation being mostly mediated through like I'm a parent trying to get through to a toddler what I need him to do and he's he's a really small person trying to figure out how to tell me what he needs but it was it was like talking directly to his soul like something that was going to be true about him no matter how old he was does that make sense yep it definitely does. It was so bizarre, and it was so great thinking, like, you're a person that I get to be with for the rest of our lives, you know, and we'll have this relationship, and it won't also won't always be this parent-toddler relationship. Um, and that was really cool. Yep. Let's see. Did I have anything else for February? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, so off, off of the kids track, um, early March was when Super Tuesday was. And I remember looking back on that like a couple months later and thinking, Mm -hmm. well, that was an entirely different world. Um, Oh my gosh. I had, I was tweeting the most crazy unhinged, (laughs) I just total election brain. It was, I mean, so COVID wasn't really in people's brains yet. And, um, uh, it was, I'm actually... Actually, sounds really terrible if you don't know exactly how COVID works. It is COVID. in people's brains. People right. are getting your, yep. those horrible yeah. brain disorders from it. Sure. Um, anyway, so people had to go crazy about something, and like Mike Bloomberg was running, and everybody had to gear up on what a terrible, crappy person he was. That feels like a whole other lifetime. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like remember Amy Klobuchar? <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, because what? It was May seventh that everybody was voting. Or something, something around then. March 3rd. March, sorry, yeah, March. March 3rd. And nobody, I don't think anybody in the country stayed home because of the coronavirus. No, I was doing some um, canvassing ahead of the the, the uh, Super Tuesday primary. And I remember in the like a week or two beforehand getting some guidance that was like, you know what, as long as you don't like touch the person and use hand sanitizer. Like, yeah, this is totally fine. But I think it was, yeah, right after the primary, right after the primary. So March 13th is the day in my mind where everybody started taking it seriously. Before we get there, I had two funny things written down from early (laughs) March before quarantine hit. One was that (laughs) Rory, um, or no, I was, I walked out of the bathroom, and Rory was standing there holding an open bag of pepperoni. And he, he goes, there was a mess in your room, but I cleaned it up. <laughs> and I was looking at the bag of pepperoni, and I said, what was the mess? And he, he looked at the pepperoni in his hand, and he was like, ah, uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to figure out how to not admit that he'd been the one to throw pepperoni all over the floor, but still get credit for having cleaned up all the pepperoni yeah. that was on the floor. <laughs> and then I also, I wrote down that 
Joey trying to say Ice Cube. Um, like we said, back at this time, he, he could barely say anything. And now he's he's really... Today, in fact, he had his two-year checkup, and the doctor was like, can he say at least 50 words? And I was like, uh, <laughs> like right now, right now. <laughs> or how long do we have? <laughs> that, um, that's wild. He's so far above that. Yeah. He's so far above But that. back in March, he goes, Baku, gubba gubba kubba goo, aku. <laughs> that was him just trying to say ice cube, yeah. trying over and over. Now he could say ice cube. Yeah. He would just say it. He wouldn't it wouldn't be in baby talk. No. Nope. He doesn't he doesn't use baby talk a lot. Yeah. And where he does it's usually like because that's how we've adopted some words. Yeah. Anyway, then the pandemic happened. Right. Well, right before the pandemic happened. Oh boy. I got I got my kombucha mushroom. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was like the last person that I met for the first mm-hmm. time in real life before the pandemic hit was um, I, I met Jake, Jake R from Twitter on, um, <clears throat> on my lunch break and he, I gave him sourdough starter and he gave me one of those scoby mushroom things mm-hmm. and it was just an entirely sketchy <laughs> little, yeah, both little of meeting those substances gallery look place. really gross yeah. out, just sort of out of context. Yeah. Um, it felt like, it felt like spies in DC. <laughs> uh, and that's been going great. That's been a lot. That's been keeping us company. We're, we're about to expand into two mushrooms. Yeah, we're sort of very slowly working our way through our second gallon jar of pickles from Wegman so that we can double our kombucha production. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was awkward working at a preschool because the first, you know, in the last couple weeks before lockdown, we started like working more on hand washing with the kids or whatever. And then one week came where it was all hitting the fan and Joseph actually was kind of ill that week and um or was it Rory it was Joseph well it was I Rory think they and both got a little something. it was Rory first Rory was better and then it was hitting Joseph oh yeah that's right yeah we and so just to pause there we got sick like four times by mid-march and mm-hmm. like one of them was really bad stomach flu that happened right after a cold that we were still recovering from and then there was mm-hmm. another one in January and then there was this in March. Like our family was not doing well. I always immune wise. Yeah. yeah, we and like we have not really gotten sick much. No, we literally haven't, except for one little sore throat last weekend. But you know, it was the week where everyone was starting to realize this was super serious, but nobody knew what was going on. And so one evening, one of the boys ran a fever, and so I had to call my work and be like, "I'm sorry, I know it's really last minute," and. Finding preschool subs is difficult, but my kid just had a fever and, and there's like a pandemic on the verge of breaking out. So I literally should not show up to work because who knows what's going on. And um, then the next day, basically all the staff said, yeah, look, we're, we don't feel like coming in. We don't know what's happening, but it's clearly not good. And we don't want to be exposed to a room full of coughing children. And it doesn't seem fair to expose those children to us because who knows what's going on. And then, um, yeah, that weekend, everything shut down. Yeah. I remember there was a point where somebody was like, okay, it's in New York now. Like Somebody had tested positive. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that was the point where I started taking it really seriously because I figured if it's in New York, there's no way it's not in D.C. Yeah. And the fact that they're pretending like it might just be in New York has it's me like, kind of concerned. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that, that same week. 
um, uh, some people um, higher up at work were sort of hemming and hawing about about going into mandatory telework. Um, and then at some point, I just called my boss and I said, I, unless you're going to make me come in, I'm not going to come in. And he was like, yeah, I'm definitely not making you come in. Mm-hmm. And that's the last time. That was the last time. Like that Monday was the last time I was, had been in the office. Yeah. So. Yeah. So my my school just completely ended in-person classes. Eventually, we did get some Zoom stuff going, which I think actually went a lot better than I worried it it yeah. would. As somebody as somebody <laughs> working from home in the other room, I can confirm that I think it went really well. Yeah, I was surprised by what we were able to to pull together and I have to give a lot of credit to the parents of our students because the way we teach is heavily reliant on being in the room with the child and when we're on the screen, it, we're not the teachers anymore. It's the parents who are in the room with the child. And obviously parents are always the first teachers and that's a big part of our um, teaching platform as well but it was very real how much we rely on parents to do this kind of first education of children and it reinforced for me the idea that my job as a teacher is supporting parents and families it's not being some kind of expert that comes in and teaches kids what they don't already know um so we're gearing up for a, a virtual start to our preschool school year. Then we'll be moving to a playground only um, schedule. And yeah, I guess we really are skipping around here from starting yeah, we pandemic are. Which, to it, up to current. Um, yeah. And, you know, we'll see. This is going to be a crazy fall. It really is. I think everybody, we don't really need to go into a lot of detail because everybody's been doing their own quarantine, but. We also went under quarantine in March and in our little apartment building, or a little, sorry, our little apartment, apartment, full stop. Nine, 900 square feet. No balcony or anything. Mm-hmm. And we we kind of fell into a schedule just every day, 10.30 and 3.30, we were out of the apartment, rain or shine, marching around, doing endless loops around the building or the complex or the park across the street and that's basically how we kept our sanity is never missing those walks yeah i mean there were a couple couple days earlier on where like we would miss the morning walk and that would just really mess it up yeah you just you could not afford to do that no not Um, when you didn't have the stimulation of seeing other kids or new playgrounds or anything like that yeah and you know we would drive to like local parks and streams and we got really familiar with Mm -hmm. the fun places, the fun outdoor things that we could do with two young children. Yeah, um, that didn't have anything that had been shut down like a playground. Yeah, and I would like I would be getting off work at like 3.30 or 4 every day and then just taking them right back outside again mm-hmm. um, and running around the park until dinner time and then coming home. And that, was, that was every day for like two months. Yeah, it was really bizarre. It was a lot, yeah. And it was, you know, J- Joseph, Joseph has definitely said a few things that indicates that he knows there's strange stuff going on. Um, like a couple of weeks ago when he, when he, he walked, we biked up to a playground and he said, playground closed. Like he, mm-hmm. he definitely gets it, but he doesn't, he definitely doesn't have a concept that he's articulated of like a before time. Whereas Rory definitely does. There was um, a moment, a couple, like a couple weeks in where we were walking home from the park and then all of a sudden he just said, I miss going on airplanes and I miss going to the arcade 
and I miss going to people's houses, and I miss going to the playground. Um, and that was just like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it, he was able to he was able to identify a lot of stuff that he liked doing that he wasn't able to do. Um, yeah, quarantine was definitely rough for him, and I know three three year olds go through things regardless of whether yeah. or not there's a there's a pandemic but um living in that little apartment he got grumpy i remember one morning you were like good morning lily and he goes i'm not saying anything until you eat breakfast yep. <laughs> and we've had a lot of fun with that but um around that same time i found him literally running headlong into the wall over and over And he told me he was trying to smash through or cut the wall with a knife so he could be in a different house that wasn't our house anymore. And we were like, oh boy, (laughs) this is, this is clearly taking you to some dark places. Um, and so that's when we started talks with a realtor that a friend had recently used and had really recommended. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because that apartment was too small. Um, We made it work for the first couple of months of quarantine and we survived and And things like things were getting better. Um we were we were starting to be able to like we got into the routine of Skyping more with the kids with, with like the kids' friends. Yeah, or and with our family and the, Yeah. Definitely with our family a lot more. We were making it work, but um mm-hmm. we knew we wanted to buy a house at some point in the next year. Mm-hmm. And so one day we kind of just spontaneously met up with this realtor and looked at a few properties in Alexandria. Yeah, it it was sort of, it was like sort of even hard to justify being out there in the first place because like you have to have masks on and be safe. And this was around the end of April, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, But we also like, I'd spent a lot of time looking at houses and I had like a pretty good list going of like, these are the places where if we looked at them, we would probably learn a lot more. Uh, and that turned out to be pretty, pretty correct because the first house that we saw we really liked. Yeah. Um, it had a like a huge backyard and um, it had a Mary statue. It's a duplex with a Mary statue um, next door in the front yard, and that it had beautiful pink flowering blossoms in this tree, and it has this cute little front stoop. Um, and as soon as we pulled up, I could totally picture us sitting there hanging out with the kids mm-hmm. um and that and I was like oh I want to live here but that's insane and I know I'm gonna feel that way about every house we see today and we ended up because it's just not our apartment <laughs> we ended up seeing maybe five other houses that day and I think I actually think it, it went pretty well because like we it was just us and the realtor um we were all wearing masks we had hand sanitizer we weren't spending a lot of time inside. Most of the houses were empty. There was only one that was yeah. even being lived And we did not spend much time in that one. No, that was clearly not the one. So it, it, it did actually feel pretty safe. Um, but, I mean, five houses later, I think we sort of realized that, mm-hmm. like, the perfect balance between having a house that is, like, well-built and has been pretty well-maintained and is also, like, the size that we want and the price that mm-hmm. we want. Because that was the thing. is There were other houses that were more expensive and bigger but would have been worse for us. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to being more expensive, right? Yeah, that we they, they were too large, or they had dangerous backyards, or they um, would have needed like a hundred grand in work. Yeah, um, yeah, because like trying to buy an Alexandria is tough. There is really a very small sweet spot where a family, a family of four looking for a three bedroom, is going to be able to get it. 
Um, and like these duplexes are sort of it for, for honestly, honestly, I've spent a lot of time looking at Arlington and Alexandria, unless you go, (laughs) unless you go much further out, you are looking at getting a duplex, um, or else making a lot of money. Yeah. Well, so anyway, that, that, (laughs) that house, that first house bids were due that day by 5 PM. So we kind of were just looking at it as a sample of like, Hey, there's a lot of these. Another one will go on the market later for sure, and we'll buy that one. And but we really like this one, and we threw together an offer last minute just to sort of see what would happen, and they accepted that one. Yep that that very night, we we literally we decided in the morning that we would probably go house hunting, and at like 11 p.m. that night, we had an accepted offer. That was super wild. Like we didn't yeah. wake up, we did not wake up planning to look for houses. And by that evening, we had bought a house, or at least we had gotten the, the paper. We'd gotten the paperwork work rolling, and um, on May fourteenth, we closed. Mm-hmm. And on May two, 16th, literally like two weeks and a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. On that May sixteenth, we moved. Yeah. So we left behind our sweet little apartment that we brought home our two babies to, and that's crazy. Our second apartment that we'd had since we got married. Um, and it was a really wonderful place and we made a lot of good memories, but, um, we're pretty settled now in our, in our cute little duplex with a backyard and a basement that's part guest room, part movie night, hangout, part, uh, toy emporium. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, we like it a lot. I feel every day I feel happy to be in this house. I feel like I like it. Me too. Me too. It, it's nice. It, there have been a few things that we've had to fix up and the improvements we've wanted to make, but it feels very different when you own the house and you're doing the stuff yourself. Um, mm-hmm. We're both pretty handy. We've definitely been able to come up with creative solutions. We've had friends who've, who've provided some old furniture for us and... Um, yeah, we've put it together real, real nice, honestly. Like, cause, I mean, yeah, I think so. We've only been living here for a couple months. It took a long time, partly because we were in California for the month of July, um, and partly because, obviously, we weren't having people over. The art, it's kind of funny. Right before quarantine was the most social we've ever been. Like, I think back on yeah. February and March, and practically every night of the week, one of us was going out, all of us were going out or we were having somebody over for dinner or there was like something else going on. Like we were really buzzing and then that all just ended. And, um, that made it kind of hard to leave the old apartment for me because it felt like this is where all of our happy memories are. And we're about to enter a house that's cool, but it'll be very empty for a while. And we're not going to get to fill it with our friends the way we have loved filling this apartment. Um, so the, all of the last minute, like hanging art and emptying out the random box of stuff that doesn't go together, but kind of got thrown together while we moved. Or that didn't happen for a long time because there wasn't the motivation of, like, oh, people are going to come over and see and we want to show them how we've settled in. Um, but those things are finally happening now. Yeah. There aren't too definitely. many things on the moving in list left to do. Yeah. And, and it was nice, too, to be able to have people over outside 
Which yeah, we that's true. We've got a grill. And you guys really, yeah. We've kind of set up yeah. socially distanced picnic blankets or camping chairs or whatever and like make pizza on the grill. Yeah. Yeah, that's been really nice. And I think, I, had, I don't know, I feel like we've had, we've covered a lot of the sort of annoying things about, about the pandemic, but definitely um, I feel like we've, we've all been, as a family, very close. We've definitely gotten a lot of quality time with each other. Um, there was a time where Rory and I were getting up much earlier than you or Joseph to, uh, for me to work, and because that was Rory's schedule for some reason. Um, and I downloaded some computer games that I played when I was a kid for Rory. And Rory had, we, we, for a while, it was just the two of us. We had this great tradition of just getting up early, going to the table, playing our computer games slash working. Um, Rory, Rory made a joke where he would be like, I'm working on coloring and you are working on, and he'd like, look over at my Word document and be like, nothing. <laughs> um, and now Joey's generally getting up at the same time as Rory and, and they'll like watch some TV while, um, we get started with our day and um that's been a lot of fun and the boys now have a lot more autonomy they will just go down to the basement and they will play for like an hour without needing us and it's been so fun to watch their friendship blossom because they have had no choice but to get very close with each Mm other uh that's been a lot of fun to watch yeah we were just talking today about how to joey rory's always been this fascinating creature that's capable of more than he is but for Rory Rory's watched Joey and had to deal with Joey being this baby who couldn't do very much um and is now kind of grappling with the fact that Joseph is an increasingly equal playmate who's got ideas and things to contribute and desires that kind of have to be worked out alongside Rory's and they I really feel like they get along better than I could have hoped. Like they definitely have their squabbles and they really like to wrestle, but they're doing it because they like being around each other. Even when they're having a problem, like you can tell they aren't angry with each other. They're just kind of frustrated about having difficulty communicating or, you know, Joey doesn't have as much self-control as Rory and that causes some friction sometimes. Um, but they're pretty inseparable. Like today, Joseph, like I said, had his um, two-year doctor's appointment, and Rory was a little beside himself. He was he was fine while we were gone, but before we left, and when we, he was like, I, I don't want Joey to go. I'm going to miss him. And then when we came back, um, he threw his arms around Joey, and he was like, I missed you. I love you. Totally unprompted by us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really sweet. I hope they continue to be that close. I'm sure they will. So anyway, I I think we definitely have more to talk about, about everything that's going on, about houses, about um, the kids and and all that other stuff. But I think Mm -hmm. now is probably a good good time to leave it. I think so. I I hope you guys um, feel like you got caught up with us if if we haven't been talking much in the past several months um we're we're enjoying reminiscing and laying out a record of what's been going on in our lives and we hope to get back on the podcasting train more often we've got some ideas for episodes that would be fun um and we like sort of just shooting the breeze and talking about what's 
what's going on. So thank you for um, going on the journey with us. Yeah, and I hope you all are well and, and we're praying for everybody. Absolutely. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Joey, what does Perry the Platypus say? <laughs> <laughs>